welcome to the Cinema Show, where we bring you movie news, reviews, and insights right here on our podcast. I'm Dylan Martin. Here with me is Jackson. Hey guys, how's it how's it going? And we are finally concluding our celebration of March of the Monsters, even though we are in April. Think of this as a long epilogue, a la Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we are finally talking about a movie we've been highly anticipating, and it's finally here, Godzilla vs. Kong. To help us talk about this movie are those that kicked off the month with us. Bringing back Emmanuel. Hey, everybody. And Jalen. Hello. The two most powerful forces of nature clash on the big screen in a spectacular battle for the ages. Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home, but they unexpectedly find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla. As both titans fight, a conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures both good and bad from the face of the earth forever. The film stars Millie Bobby Brown, Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, and introducing Kaylee Hoddle. And it's directed by Adam Wingard. A rematch 60 years in the making. <laughs> yeah, 60 years in the making. Last time these two titans have bouted was 60 years ago, uh, nearly 60 years ago. But yeah, let's go ahead and just talk about, I mean, everyone knows the movie we're talking about today. It's iconic. These two creatures are cinematic icons, and they're clashing yet again. And before we get into our discussion here, I just want to bring up that we finally have a Godzilla versus Kong movie with updated special effects. I mean, we're spoiled at this point. You know, we're getting comic book movies uh, in every type of way, gritty and dark, light and jokey. Uh, we're spoiled by the riches. That's worth celebrating already, that we're getting a movie like this. But... Just general impressions from everybody. Uh, what did you think of the movie? We're not going to get into spoilers just yet. Yeah, overall, what did you think of the movie? So, I have very mixed emotions about this movie. Everything kaiju in this movie is exceptional, phenomenal, magnificent. I could keep going. It's, it's fantastic. It's great. But everything that's not... Man, does it, it, it's a severe drop in quality. For me, this movie is pretty much a Christmas present, and the human characters are the wrapping paper that you can care less about and throw it away. But mm -hmm. the context of why you're there for that movie is the gift. I very much enjoyed it, made my inner child happy, made me right now happy. And I have to say, this would be a movie I'd tell Captain America to write in his little book. I'm very much there with you, Emmanuel. This is a movie that I've waited so long to even happen. Again, it's a movie I never thought would happen again. In the theater, I was ecstatic. And this movie was just pure joy put on screen for me. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. I really enjoyed the movie. Anyone who's going to go watch a Godzilla vs. Kong movie should only expect that to be probably the best part of the movie. Uh, yeah, the, the human characters, although I do like a couple of them, most of them, yeah, they're there to move the story along, to kind of take these monsters and we put them... We need a reason why these monsters are fighting, and that's, a, that, that's their whole purpose. They're, it's a reason and not much else. Yeah, and I, I mean... Uh, a great talented cast here. I do want to 
bring up a oh yeah a one that really stood out to me as a whole before we get into the monsters just talk about let's just get the humans out of the way real quick uh to me the standout was kaylee hoddle who this is this is her first and only movie ever mm-hmm. uh, and i thought she did phenomenal i think out of all the yeah. human characters she did the best uh signing with kong and she has that relationship with him i really enjoyed what they did with that character so mm-hmm. uh, to me she stole the show any other human characters that stood out to any of you um, um oh go ahead no i'm i'm thinking so you go for it <laughs> Oh, okay. I, I do want to say uh, I f- really feel like in this movie, Millie Bobby Brown came into her own as Madison Russell. Uh, she was more full of life than she was in King of the Monsters. And I did like the whole uh, Goonie squad they had <laughs> going on with, with Team Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the kid from Deadpool 2 is here. Yes. Yeah. And Hunt for the Wilder People. Julian yes. Dennison, right? Yeah, Julian Dennison. Yeah. yeah, he's funny. Is I, I love him. I didn't expect him to be in here, and as soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, hey, this guy, <laughs> good for him." But yeah, uh, Millie Bobby Brown. She she's all grown up. That's crazy. It is pretty wild. I, I could tell. Like there were a couple scenes very early on when her and Ju- uh, the actor Julian were talking, and her like her accent would kind of seep out a bit. Yeah. And it threw me off just the first time after that. I was like, you know what? I don't care. Why am I? Why am I bothering? Why am I? Why am I paying attention to this? <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think Julian Dennison like kept his accent in the movie. Yeah, he mm-hmm. did. Yes, right? he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a very Kiwi. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what's funny? Us being a podcast, you would think the person that played uh, Bernie, his name is Brian uh, Tyree Henry. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the dad in Spider-Verse. Yeah, yeah he, right. he was my favorite human character in the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? I, I thought mm-hmm. he was cool. I, I like it. It's a conspiracy kaiju podcaster. I mean, that's that's a fun character in itself already. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that we had these, like, kind of bridging the gap a little bit, with which I thought we could have had a little bit more. Not only do we have Godzilla and Kong colliding, I wish we had more of the characters from the separate franchises meeting and teaming up. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been cool, too. To maybe see a character like Millie Bobby Brown from the Godzilla films, the the two that we already have, yeah. kind of colliding with characters that are coming with Kong. Tom Hiddleston in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, on char- even characters from like, and it goes back to what we talked about with the 2014 Godzilla, like things they could have done with those characters could have easily just fit into right here. And it would be very cool to see all the dynamics come together. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I miss. Especially like, like, if they would have kept Brian Cranston alive throughout this entire franchise. Imagine how him and and the other Brian, Brian Henry, would have communicated with each other. Yeah, with, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Two conspiracy nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not not much. Uh, there's other ones here too, like the man who plays Walter Simmons, who is just generic villain businessman. Ah, uh, Hispanic. Walter hey. Simmons. Representation. Yeah. Oh, Simon. Sorry, Simon. he said he says Simmons he, though. Yeah, he did. He had some <laughs> Hispanic flair in his acting. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about more about him and his Godzilla. shenanigans. But let's yeah, let's just talk about the monsters themselves. Here we have this is Godzilla's third outing in this monster verse. And how did you all feel about him? Because I have some thoughts about Godzilla in this movie. He is definitely much less of a character uh, in this movie than his other two, I would say. He has 
the least to do in this movie. Like, I mean, he has a motivation in everything. He's he's super pissed off in this movie. Every time he's on screen, he's angry. And that's super cool to see just an angry Godzilla the entire time. That's super cool. But Kong definitely had a more fleshed out character than Godzilla, for sure. Oh, yeah. This is definitely Kong's movie, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree there. It was really cool actually seeing, because in all of the previous uh, Americanized versions, barring 1998, uh, Godzilla has been portrayed as a heroic protector. Uh, so it was really neat to see uh, Godzilla back at it as a as a villain in a, in a more villainous role uh, this go around. And this movie, it's called Godzilla versus Kong, but the star is Kong, and the main villain is Godzilla. I felt like it was pretty consistent with everything that he's done because you had most of Godzilla's development in the previous film and the pickup mm. right here. I mean, from the get go, if you if you've seen the the trailers, you you notice like he's always glowing and they kept a lot of the story elements like his intimidation display and how it was yeah. perpetually on the entire time. And he, he's just a man on a mission and Kong is in the way. Yeah. And uh, I felt that was consistent because, I mean, you think about the 2014 one, you're like he doesn't have a regard for the humans that are there other than I'm just trying to kill these monsters. So whoever I step mm-hmm. on or whatever building I break, I break it. But obviously there's more I could go with that, but I just don't want to touch any spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get to the conflict between Kong and, and Godzilla, it feels a lot more natural than that of Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Kong, even from... Skull Island, which me and Jackson watched last week, I, I felt like it was seamless, even though there was like decades apart from Skull mm-hmm. Island and this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it was such a natural progression of his character. And I love how, well, this is not really a spoiler, but the way he, I'm not going to give anything away, but the way it opens uh, when you're introduced to Kong, it, it just made me laugh and, and in a good way, in a good way. I really enjoyed what he did, uh, what they did with Kong and how they played music with him I, from that moment on i was like okay this is our hero yeah mm-hmm. it, it's pretty funny because the screenwriter for this one of the many screenwriters in this movie uh actually wrote shrek the first wow shrek. yeah I'm, I'm gonna touch upon this later because this man actually does have a history with godzilla that is pretty interesting Ooh. Uh, he, he wrote the the first shrek so it was nice seeing kong have his all-star uh, opening <laughs> montage yeah it, uh, oh yeah okay now that makes more sense <laughs> they brought back like one of my favorite subtle like little things from the from uh skull island where he just minor spoilers where he takes up the tree and he just rips all the branches off of it in one go mm-hmm. i love that little touch and they brought it back for the just like one little thing like it's such a small thing but i love that it it's so cool <laughs> it gets me every time Mm-hmm. Yeah, these two title stars, I feel like they get right from the beginning. It's kind of a shame, which I guess we'll talk about later on, too, about the MonsterVerse and where they go from here. Because I was in, under the impression that Kong was only under Warner Brothers because of they had permission from Universal. And I thought Godzilla was going to be going back to Toho after this movie. Who knows what happens? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? And, and anything could change. You never know. But I, mean, I, I just felt like... This was like a peak for the franchise, and I feel like it was also a finale of the franchise. Mm-hmm. It's tracking a, to cross a hundred ninety million yeah. this like collectively worldwide. 
and hit Which and hit about huge. yeah it's it's massive because i mean you, you yeah because i mean you look at the just the where the weekend box office tracking right now i believe king of the monsters was in the 40 million dollar range with no pandemic and yeah. you have this one in the 40 million dollar range in the u.s with a pandemic and limited seating and how it's <laughs> yeah, how and how it's just blowing everything away overseas uh, with, it's also available on streaming. <laughs> yeah, and and you you consider all of that, and you're like, how much bigger would this film have been if it was just a normal year? Mm-hmm. I would very much be surprised since this isn't like Warner Brothers is in charge of the distribution, but in charge of like production and all that all that other stuff. It's legendary, mm-hmm. so I would actually be surprised if Legendary didn't try to capitalize on the success that they're doing right now. Um, I mean. When it pertained to Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim made some of its money back on DVDs and Blu-rays. So they decided to go ahead and go forth with the sequel. And if you consider this and how it's tracking overseas and right now, I would not be surprised if they were able to push forward for that. And if Warner Brothers wasn't going to do it, I could see either a trio of companies like Universal kind of taking the reins on it or Warner Brothers biting the bullet and saying, "Okay, we'll help you out just because Warner Brothers is just being so stingy. With so many things right now, like a, a good example would be the whole Snyderverse situation that's happening. So I really want to see this continue. Uh, I agree with you, Dylan, that this seems and feels like it could be a finale if they wanted to stop it there. And that would be cool. But there's so much here, so much content here that you figured out the tone. They figured out the tone that fits both for both monsters. And they established just enough that you could really go anywhere with it. And we're going to buy into it now. What I wouldn't be surprised is if we get like a a Monarch uh, HBO Max exclusive TV show. That would be incredible. The MonsterVerse is continuing in some capacity because uh, Netflix is actually doing an anime set in the MonsterVerse called Skull Island. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the whole MonsterVerse doesn't really... I mean, Kong and Godzilla are the legs of that entire franchise. Mm-hmm. And what legs? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't see them doing any other type of MonsterVerse movie or series without either of these two characters. It would be very hard. I mean, th- those two are your selling points right there. You have all of middle... Uh, oh, uh, ooh, uh, never mind. Uh, that's a spoiler. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, we can let let's cap it off here uh, with the non-spoiler discussion. Let's. Uh, I mean, let me end it off with a question to everybody: Would you recommend this movie? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend it, especially if you have like a group of people to watch it with. By all yeah. means, like, and and if you're vaccinated and you're good to go, mm-hmm. or you're comfortable and you're gonna wear your face mask and just enjoy your time, and you haven't seen a big movie. This is the movie that's going to bring you out. And this is the movie that's going to like, it's going to make you feel better about movies. Yeah. 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 What a treat to see this in IMAX with a fully uh, vaccinated crew. Man, am I, am I glad I was able to get those shots in me on time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How, before we go into spoilers, how was the theater experience for everybody? I am actually watching it in theaters tonight at an Alamo draft house. Uh, nice. So that'll be. I was ho- hoping for IMAX, but the times just didn't work out. Uh, but hey, Alamo's not bad either. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Jalen, you had mentioned that it, it seemed like you were at a pro wrestling event <laughs> watching the movie. It was hilarious. 
everyone there, I mean, granted, it was reduced capacity, but that what a lively crowd. Everyone there either had Team Godzilla or Team Kong t-shirts. And just the amount of cheering going on, <laughs> clapping, whenever uh, one monster got an advantage over the other monster, you would hear both sides of the of the <laughs> argument simultaneously go either, ah, or yay. <laughs> it was hilarious. I want to watch it at a Dolby screening, and I prefer IMAX now that I've experienced both. Uh, it was a great experience, though. The sound quality was amazing. It, it was so powerful. Your your seat shook a little. So anytime some someone was stomping around the city, you felt it. And it wasn't one of those deep box custom seats. It was from the audio. And the picture quality is really nice. They do like a little demonstration on like, oh, this is how it looks on a standard theater screen. And the black is a little gray. It's a little faded. But with a Dolby screen, those black images are sharp. So it was nice to see that comparison. And I felt it in the movie too, watching it. It was nice. But if it wasn't for the pandemic, my theater would have been packed. Because you could tell that, oh, every two seats have to be freed up for social distancing. The people that bought the tickets made sure that they could get a seat in that screening. It was great. It it was a great time. Although the one guy with his phone out. But aside from that. (laughs) The the one guy in the iMac. I mean, the the IMAX uh, screening would have been packed too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, if not for the reduced capacity. No, I actually wanted to ask you a question, Emmanuel. Oh, yeah, ask. Since this is technically non-spoilery, mm-hmm. I know you and I have an intense love for King of the Monsters soundtrack. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about uh, Junkie XL's score? I thought this was one of his weakest ones in terms of Junkie XL's uh, filmography and just his compositions that he usually makes. I felt like this was his weakest one, but I did appreciate that in a couple parts, he was paying homage to both the score from Kong Skull Island and with Alexander Desplat that made the soundtrack for the 2014 one. Um, I appreciated that he was just bringing it all together in here in a couple parts, Uh, especially especially with the, I think it's the Pensacola scene when they're in Florida. I was kind of indifferent to the music, but there were a couple times that I was enjoying it, uh, more so on scenes where you're getting to see Kong do his thing in a, a certain yeah. place underground, especially with the the human characters with Millie Bobby Brown when they're going on their own little adventure, which was definitely giving me Stranger Thing vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like what he did with just the theme of Godzilla kind of changing it up a little bit. So that way it felt a little bit more ominous. It still has those notes of Ifukube, mm-hmm. but it's not quite Ifukube, but it generates that feeling. Yeah. All the same. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I think overall I prefer, I would have preferred if Bear McCreary came back. Yes. I think he would have blown it out of the water if he got a chance with this one. But on the other hand, part of me does is thinking about how... This movie overall had kind of like a uh, tech noir sci-fi feel to it. Yeah. That Junkie XL score really did play into at mm-hmm. certain points. It gave the film an 80s vibe. Like if this yeah. was a movie coming out in the 80s, I would have believed it and this would have been an awesome score for the 80s. So did all the neon. The cinematography in this movie is another great element well the gentleman that made the cinematography for this one hasn't really done like a whole lot of big things and i would say amongst his 
his uh his cinematography and his resume the biggest one for him was world war z oh really yeah oh okay I loved the colors in this thing. There was an excuse to use so many colors, and I was there for it. It, it seeing oh my god, the lighting it it's so good. His name is Ben Seriousen. He he uh, he's known for work on Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen and World War Z. Okay, this guy's all over the place. <laughs> That's such a contrast. <laughs> it is, and it really sh- goes to show how much a director's style influences the project you're making. Oh yeah, regardless of your previous work as a cinematographer. Yeah, I didn't even expect that whole tech noir element that you brought up, uh, especially mm-hmm. when the music started popping up, like that synth wave mm-hmm. yeah. type of music in the background, like Roll of John Carpenter. Uh, that's when I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, like, cool. This is a nice little element we have yeah. here, especially with the, the little Goonies crew investigating. It, it was nice. It was a nice little uh, thing to explore with them. And you know what? I think I'm going to say it. I think I'm going to say it. I'm sick of Monarch. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because we, they don't give Monarch anything to do. And when you do that for, like, two movies in a row, you know. I disagree with that. I, I feel like Monarch had a lot more to do. There was a lot more presence from them, and I like that there was a rival company. Mm-hmm. But I feel the missed opportunity of continuing that whole conflict with the other companies and Monarch was missed when they didn't bring back uh, the actor that was playing the villain in the previous one. I know the character's name, Alan Jonah. Yeah, Alan Jonah. It, it, they needed to bring him, like Charles Dance. Charles Dance. I, I really feel that if they had had his character and maybe had him behind the scenes along with that, uh, with Simmons' character, and then mm-hmm. really made it a lot more apparent that that was Serizawa's son, there there would have been a little bit more cohesion there, and you would have. I feel like the film would have had a little bit more kudos towards the human plot and how it ties the previous films together. Because it left a lot of loose threads there. Granted, I feel collectively the film is, in a, in a weird way, it's loosely tight. I don't know how else to describe that. I get that. Like, get like, that. It, like, yeah. like it's such a safe script that you can follow along with it. And you know when it's just science mumbo jumbo and the characters respond to it. And then there's so many callbacks between different dialogues throughout the film. And I feel like a movie loses itself when it tries to go really ambitious with its dialogue and i'm glad that Mm -hmm. this one knew what it was trying to do and just kept it simple for all the human characters but i feel like in terms of interactions and where it could have gone with the story to make it tighter as the as a whole for the franchise is just missed out on the characters that they lack and sarazawa's character cranston's character aside like you could have had some of the monarch characters from the previous one um the, the pilot and Ice Cube's son could have been back yeah. and you could have easily replaced them with somebody else in there and that would have been pretty cool because then you would see Monarch still doing its thing. You could have had John C. Riley show up. You could have had an older John C. Riley show up. You could have, like... I'm pretty sure John C. Riley's character's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this is, is probably... like, set, like, even five years in the future after uh, King of the Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> which was okay. already pretty far off but, from Skull Island. But at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I... I enjoyed the film. There, there's obviously things I would have liked, but I think we can all agree that the humans are very much the weakest part of this, and that's all right because the movie knew what it was. What it was. You hit the nail right on the head. But let's be fair. All these movies, that's always been the major, I guess, mm-hmm. problem. Like we don't ever expect the human characters to be good because they never have been in any of these movies. But uh, yeah. my thing is, is like 
just because you shouldn't expect them to be good, like, it's a Godzilla versus Kong movie, what do you expect? I think that's kind of a lame excuse. Like Emmanuel said, there's a lot of potential that's wasted with these characters. You could have easily taken this in a much more interesting or more compelling direction for the human characters. There's a lot for them to do, but they just went the most simplistic route uh, with it, so that way they could develop Kong and Godzilla more, which I think everything involving those two almost makes up for the lack of human characters, in my opinion. I like like Emmanuel said. I like the movie, and uh, like I said in the beginning, everything involving those two is fantastic. It's it's great. It's some of my best like movie experiences. You know, I've never seen anything like that before. And and this is where I feel like they could really capitalize on it with all these characters they have established already. Whether they decide to go with a, a TV show route, because while the Netflix one is is going to be focused on Skull Island, it's more so the animation side of everything and how canonical it's going to be. We don't know. But yeah. even if it's not, that's fun. But if we're going to look at the the film MonsterVerse, I think that their benefit, if they want to make their films just a little bit better, keep the type of scripting you have, but utilize your your catalog of characters. Yes. The format is there. Everything is there. Like, you, you have the monsters so good. It's just, just tighten it up a little bit. Exactly. It's it's like a hurdler that just kind of chops their steps before a hurdle. Still finishes great, but could do it all just a little bit better. And and so that's why I feel like if they do continue this and they learn that, this is going to be a good franchise to just follow every three, four years. Um, especially in the in-betweens of not having, like, a Star Wars film or a big Avengers film. Like, if we're trying to have something that's different, mm-hmm. this is it. I will say that the MonsterVerse, as it currently is, is probably my favorite cinematic universe for uh, a handful of reasons. Yeah, probably my most controversial film take is I'm not big <laughs> on the MCU. Because I feel like each one of these movies has allowed a director to just go in there play with these big monsters and leave their own unique voice and use their own unique voice to craft a film. Uh, Gareth Edwards 2014 movie for all of its flaws. That's a Gareth Edwards movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a disaster movie. We take kaijus and we make them walking natural disasters. Kong Skull Island is a uh, apocalypse now survival horror yeah, uh, Stranded the, Island kind of thing. Yeah, King of the Monsters is a Michael Dodery film, for better or worse. And you can tell it was a movie made by a huge Godzilla nerd, for better or worse. And it's this huge monster opera right down to its music. And this movie, you get this gonzo heavyweight title bout wrestling match that is somehow tech noir. And it's gorgeous and wild. And I wouldn't have it any other way where i would like to see the monster verse if it continues go in the future is i personally want them to not maybe not ditch monarch but maybe not have so much focus on monarch and take a page from ishiro honda's directorial book and you know really almost scale things back down a bit and, and focus more on humans who function as actual humans instead of exposition i think for, for me i'm i'm on the opposite and i, I want to see it get a little little kookier 
Um, oh, absolutely! That'd be. I, I want to. I want to see this go to space. <laughs> like you. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, I would love to see this go to space with how quickly technology is improving. And if you obviously like, have you seen Could the you trailers? Imagine Kong in like a spacesuit. Oh my gosh! I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see I could see like two things happening and we can talk about this once we get to the spoilers, but my vision for it is with how how aesthetically the films have kind of meshed together into this noir, where you where you had a lot more usage of colors in the previous one, you weren't getting shy of showing the monsters in Skull Island and you were just introducing the world and the the scale of the monsters in the twenty fourteen Godzilla. I would like to see all this head to space see some bigger monsters and let get the world space let, get space Godzilla and the world mm-hmm. like the world just end and then you can scale it back once the world ends and then reintroduce yeah. new characters. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I agree with you and I want to, but imagine the protagonist of that movie being a photographer who just got stuck on the rocket. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So he's kind of like our, he's our avatar of the he's movie. He's our literal yeah. eyes. He's our literal eyes yeah. into what's happening. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our non-spoiler discussion of the movie. We all recommend it. Go watch it if you yes, haven't already. Please. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't, honestly. Yeah, and if you can, and if it's safe to, for you personally, try and see it on the biggest screen possible. If not the biggest TV possible. Yeah, and and if you're and if you're not able to to watch it, I've I've gotten to see it several times in a theater with with a friend, with my girlfriend. My girlfriend and I, we watched it through HBO Max, but I made her her, her own profile and we used a, a program that's that that is legal. It's accepted by Netflix, Hulu and all them. It's called Scener. I would recommend uh, using that so that way you can watch it with somebody that maybe you're just too far away, but you want to enjoy it together. I recommend doing that. Oh, is that like a little watch party? Yeah, thing? you you can you oh, can okay, have cool. up to 10 people. And if you have, let's say, like a big little presentation of sorts that you want to have with people, you can invite unlimited on a different one. Um, but I kept it real simple with my girlfriend and I. My girlfriend and I, we were able to watch it together. So... I, I suggest if you're not able to go to the theater, but you still want to watch it with somebody, get Scener and do some homework, figure it out. But it worked out for <laughs> me. It just took about 40 minutes to get together. But it was worth the time to watch this movie. It was worth the time. Or have a little family watch party at home. Yes. <laughs> you won't go wrong. You'll have a good time. All right. We're officially lifting the band of spoiler talk. We are talking full spoilers. If you don't want to know about the movie... Tune out now. We'll catch us on the social medias. You know all that jazz. All right, Mega Godzilla. Mega Godzilla. <laughs> I love his design in this one. Frank and oh Kevin. Frank and yeah. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, Frank dude, and I Kevin. love that. That like it, it's Ghidorah so reborn. It's Frank and it, it's Kevin. It's such a bonkers I- idea, and I love it. It's exactly more of what this movie needed. <laughs> All right, nerds, calm down. All right, everyone's getting a little excited. Let me just let me just set up. Let me just give some context. That was like a Wild West bar right now. (laughs) So in King of the Monsters, one of King Ghidorah's heads was decapitated by Godzilla, specifically the derpy one, which the internet has named Kevin, and it's preserved by some evil corporation, which you see as a post-credit scene with. Charles Dance, who is nowhere to be found in this movie. But anyways, the head is back. 
this time as a skull, and is somehow going to power Mega Godzilla. I guess they're using like his brain waves or his bone marrow. I don't know <laughs> the technology behind it. It's not. It's it's not supposed to make sense. Ghidorah has a very unique biology in that he's like a starfish, and every single cell of his is like his brain, essentially. Oh wow! Okay. They're using the psionic waves, the psionic brain waves that act telekinetically to remote control the robot, but using the satellites to generate the, co the correct signal so that way it can function properly since it's detached from the body. However, because it's still surviving, and this is the part they didn't tell us, but I was just there like, oh my god, it's... Frank and Kevin. Well, the thing is, it, the thing it's, is, you can it's still him. It. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's alluded. It's with the sh with the way they frame it, like the shots and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically they say it without having to say it, and I'm glad no one was like, "Oh my God, King Ghidorah is is <laughs> controlling Mechagodzilla." I'm so glad that wasn't said. Me too. That would have just been like, okay, if one of them was in a mad scientist coat and they said that, I would have been dumb. <laughs> If they if they brought back Gene Wilder, yeah, like, like it's just a nice little treat that if you if you pick up on it and you realize that's Frank and Kevin, you're like, that's awesome. What a way to use it. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you notice that his roar is Ghidorah's roar? Yes, that that and also um, the the fact that if you remember in Godzilla King of the Monsters, whenever Millie Bobby Brown's at the baseball stadium and how Ghidorah like turns and looks. <laughs> at yeah, the glass yeah. it's the same way that the, and it was kevin's head that turned and looked in there and it was oh my god and he was always the more curious he's one. the more curious that one so and then cool. it's it's also kevin who's turning his head as mecha godzilla and looking in there like oh hey and, and it would have been a little bit like i think that if they really wanted to show us that it was him they could have had like a eye to eye with millie bobby brown and mecha godzilla and it would have been like I remember you. Yeah, I remember you. Um, which makes more sense once, like, all the disconnection starts to happen and he's, like, on his own as Mechagodzilla. Like, Frank and Kevin breaks out and is just like, you know what? I got a new body. I'm going to tear all this up. And then he sees Godzilla. Dude, as soon as he sees Godzilla, he's, he, it's laser focused. He's like, oh, you son <laughs> of a bitch. And now I look like you, too. Before we get to the, the, the final fight here, <laughs> I kind of want to start at the beginning because one thing I want to point out is poor Kong. He's like oh, being yeah. Truman showed <laughs> at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. That's such a good comparison. As soon as he was doing his little music montage, I was laughing. I was having a great time. And then that's when he does the whole tree thing and he throws it up in the air. And I'm like, I, like what is he aiming for? And I was like, oh, wait, it's going more up towards the sky i was like it's a biodome isn't it boom it shatters and i was like oh that is so cool i i i like that and i i like that they built this biodome which i wonder how they did uh because it's on skull island you would have thought like during the construction kong or kong would have seen like some metal bars hanging from the top and be like you know what i'm gonna destroy that uh but again you're not supposed to think too much about it or you can just infer, too. Like, maybe they knocked them out. <laughs> knocked them out yeah. and just dropped it over them. Um, because they were saying that the island was pretty much tearing itself apart. Um, so, Which I, I thought was a big missed opportunity. Because I always thought that Skull Island was like the birthplace of the Titans. And I thought that was going to be the main entrance to the Hollow Earth. 
So I thought yeah. the cli- the climax was going to be in Skull Island, and I was really hyped for that. And maybe I was setting myself up for like with my expectations not being met. Mm-hmm. But I kind of thought it was a missed opportunity to not go back to Skull Island because you have monsters yeah. there already. I would have loved if that was Monster Island. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I thought too. It like, made I sense. think it was the, at the end of the last episode. I said uh, my perfect ending for this movie would have been Godzilla and Kong uh, walking into the sunset holding hands, and that would be that would have been the last shot of the movie. They're walking on Skull Island into the sunset, kind of an homage to the Kong silhouette in Skull Island, that thing. Yeah. So I I thought they were going to return to Skull Island too. On the other hand, I really like the replacement for Skull Island in this movie. I oh, think the whole yes. Earth rules. Holy shit, what a cool environment. It leaves a lot of organic new monsters to pop out from there that yeah, are undiscovered. Exactly. And allows you to have a library of monsters like maybe a Anguirus in there. I don't yeah. know. But the fact that you're off a, such a secluded place and now in a like a literal world in a world mm-hmm. that is full of possibilities and what monsters you're going to see. And you allow God, Godzilla to rule the Earth and King Kong to rule underground i think the hollow earth i i think is it's a nice happy medium for everybody and for like developments of future monsters that we could run into the other thing i the other thing i did notice and and i'll say this be but i, I won't bring it up till again later once we get to that part because i know we're trying to go backwards because we got excited about mm-hmm. mecha godzilla <laughs> yeah. but but uh, one thing i liked that they did with hollow earth is kept a lot of the aesthetic very similar in, uh, in terms of what Skull Island looked like use some of the same concepts that they had in mm-hmm. King of the Monsters with having to go through a type of wormhole to get to Godzilla's home, which is mm-hmm. underwater. And then you find the home of the Kongs, which is in the hollow earth. The other thing I thought that was interesting was that when it pertains to the dorsal fins of Godzilla and the axes is that they're made out of the bones of Mutos, which I picked up on maybe like the second time. Because they were glowing red, like they have the little charge that would happen. Because the whole thing with yeah. with Godzilla before in the 2014 was his blasts were weaker because the mutos reduce all of that and feed off of radiation. Like that's their whole big deal. So I thought it was pretty interesting that you have the bone of a muto. That of course the Kongs would figure it out, right? To use a bone of a muto <laughs> and yeah. use the he, dorsal fin. He's using a tool, and all the energy connects. And I'm like, dude, this is such like subtle. This is such subtle storytelling, but such subtle world building. <laughs> like, what? What more? I'm sorry, can you get? Godzilla versus Kong is too subtle for <laughs> the average film goer. <laughs> I love it because I, I absolutely agree. I love the subtle world building going on with it. Yeah, they Adam they Wingard they is a genius when yeah. it came to that. It it's so beautiful because you're letting they they let us explore everything everything through Kong. So if you had yes. not seen Godzilla, but you had seen Kong, you're already relating with Kong a little bit more. So when we're focused with Kong moving out from that little uh, Truman Show place, and then we're on the boat, like you have some investment there. You're exploring everything with Kong. And then whenever you're underground and you see all of that, you're exploring it with him. And then you're left with more questions like, where did they get the dorsal fin from? What are those bones? And if you're with Godzilla and you had only been following the Godzilla films and the materials that followed with that, you're going to be looking at everything that way. And you're like, intimidation display, Kong's in the way. I need my boy to do something good. And then you're seeing 
how everything connects because then everybody's getting questions that they want answered, but you're still seeing all this awesome world building, which goes back to like how much how how much time and care and passion that these people must have had for the monsterverse to think, oh hey, let's do these things without having to get too complicated. But if people want to look into it, it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk about before because I have thoughts about the whole Hollow Earth, but before we get there, I want to talk about what happened in between Truman Show, Kong, and uh, going into Hollow Earth. Round yeah, that one. first fight. <laughs> They fight underwater. Oh, okay, hold I on. Was... Were you all Team Godzilla or Team Kong going in? Oh yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. My brain says Godzilla. My heart says Kong. But that whole opening scene with Truman Show Kong, it tugged my heartstrings, especially his relationship with the little girl. I was like, oh, like you're rooting for Kong, but you know Godzilla. There's no way He's Godzilla such an won't win. character. And yeah. you know what movie I watched to get ready for this movie? I put on Rocky. <laughs> yeah. You know a movie I watched before? Literally, I watched two days before this movie, Citizen Kane. Yeah. Oh. Not, not to get myself hyped for the movie. It was just coincidence. Uh, <laughs> but it's so funny. Like, you watch Citizen Kane, and then you go turn off your brain and watch Godzilla vs. Kong. To turn yeah. on your brain even more. <laughs> hey, I I love the little reference to uh, 2001: A Space Odyssey when they travel to Hollow Earth. That okay. was pretty cool. Speaking yeah. Of, speaking of references, I, I wanted to. I didn't know when would be the proper place to say this, but since we're on the topic of Hollow Earth, have any of you seen King Kong Escapes? No. Mm-mm. The Toho produced Kong movie. Mm-mm. Okay, so in that movie. A mad scientist by the name of Doctor Who, his evil plan is to kidnap Kong, throw him into Antarctica, to dig through the earth to find a power source deep inside the earth. Ooh. No way. So I thought that was a cool nod. That's pretty cool. Did anyone pick up on the little nods from the first King Kong vs. Godzilla movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, with the helicopters. <laughs> which yeah. I recently watched the first King Kong versus Godzilla, and mm-hmm. I-, I was laughing. I I completely forgot that they had stringed up some balloons to King Kong and yeah. to just to yeah. dump them to fight Godzilla. And the whole electricity thing at the at the ending of both movies, I was like, that that's a really cool way to reference the first one. I'm just curious, what what version of King Kong versus Godzilla did you see? The American or Japanese cut? I saw the English one. It was on YouTube. Yeah, English. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, that, that first fight, again, I thought it was great. I loved it. I was scared for Kong when he was getting drugged down to the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. by Godzilla. I was like, how? And the way they kind of resolve that doesn't really make sense to me. Because they just throw a bunch of bombs in the water and Kong is the one to come out. Maybe to, maybe to uh, startle Godzilla and let him let go. But wouldn't it startle Kong too? Yeah, but at least he's let go and he can swim. Yeah, true. Okay, I did. I was like, okay, they're gonna help Kong, and they're like, yeah, let's just throw a bunch of bombs <laughs> in the water. Up. The first fight is the least polished out of the other two, three fights that are in the movie. I mean, I mean, the first fight is still great. You still have a lot of great moments. I think they're. I think they just didn't know how to end it, and uh, the whole turning everything off just seemed like a. Oh, it's okay. It'll be fine. Because they even asked a question like, well, when we turn everything back on, how would we get there? 
Oh, wait, no, then they do the air, then, okay. Yeah, yeah then they realize, hey, we can't do it by shore because Godzilla's out there. Yeah, let's just fly them. Those boats are never going to be there. Uh, those boats are never moving from that spot. No, they're they're stuck there. If they weren't destroyed, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, did y'all catch the uh, Evangelion reference? No. In nope. that fight? Uh, in Ava, there's a fight at the water with uh, uh, aircraft carriers just like that. And Kong starts hopping across the aircraft carriers just like in that scene. From <laughs> uh, which I thought was so cool. Yeah, that was that's, cool to see. That's where you see Kong kind of like, throughout the movie, he kind of like progresses with dealing with Godzilla. He's a thinking animal. Like, not only is he thinking about the little girl and all the passengers, yeah. I guess. But he's like, okay, let me move the fight away, yeah. unlike Superman would. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Damn. Sorry. No, I'm there with you. <laughs> but he, he's evolving as a character. I loved it. I, I love how they progressed the fighting in every matchup. It was funny. When he threw the airplane, at first I read it as, oh, shit, you need to get out of here. But no, he was... <laughs> using it i love how weapon. before that though the plane the one pilot like was i'm gone bye <laughs> just takes off and i'm like that guy he's lucky <laughs> <laughs> the smartest person in the entire yeah movie. and then the other one's like i'll do the same and kong's like nah <laughs> i need you <laughs> i love that and kong's like oh yeah threw threw him like a little toy i forgot to say this during the general review but this movie really is, and stay with me for a second, all right? I know it's going to sound bonkers. This movie really is an actor's showcase. Not for the humans, but for the oh, okay. but for the two actors playing Godzilla and Kong. Oh, yeah. Really quick. Okay, so I've been seeing a lot of this come up from discussions about this movie when they talk about spoilers. And there's a specific part of the movie where Godzilla makes yes, a face. Yes, he smiles. Yes, he that's laughs. in the Hong. That's in the Hong Kong battle. Can somebody give me? Okay, so he smiles. Is that? Yeah, because it's the shot where he has God's. Uh, we're kind of going back and forth, but really quick, I just want to point this out. Where he pins. It's in the trailer where they roar at each other. That's the part, right? Where they're face to face. Oh no, no, no! It's actually when when Kong is trying to escape from his atomic breath. Godzilla finally hits him because he's been trying to get the blast off for a while by then. And and he finally gets him. He finally gets him. And that's oh, why he's just like, that's yeah, cool. I got you. And you actually hear him chuckle. Yes. Let's talk about Hollow Earth a little bit. I love, I had no idea this was going to be a thing in the movie. So going into it, I was really surprised when, especially when the spaceships follow Kong and they go into Hollow Earth. I thought that was beautiful. I love the world. Mm -hmm. And I love that scene where we see Kong uh, kind of visit his family's castle throne they discover his culture yeah i loved it i love especially when he sits down on the throne that i was, was like finally shot. he's getting his full name king kong yeah. uh, copyright pending <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i thought was kind of a, another missed opportunity because when i knew they weren't going to go back to skull island and they introduced hollow earth and i was like oh here is going to be the climactic battle this is where they're going to fight and they didn't. It would have been great to see like Godzilla burn through that hole, that hole in the earth, and then he <laughs> dropped down to go after that? Kong. How insane is the fact that he shot through the whole fucking earth? That was awesome. That was really freaking awesome. And I love how they kind of like look at each other. Like Godzilla's like, "Are you ready to go again? Yeah. Do you want to get your ass kicked another time?" Kong Which knew that he, he wasn't does. gonna jump down, so he's like, "All right, here we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll meet you on your level." Even when they do fight in Hong Kong, I thought they were going to jump back into the little portal, if you will, 
and go fight in Hollow Earth, which I thought would have been freaking awesome. Imagine like all those monsters that would have been like flying around them or like just a little like. Oh, but you know what? You cool. you had a, like a whole audition. Like if you're the visual effects artist for that and you were doing that whole scene when the heave gets out of there, like you were pretty much auditioning to have your future right at Universal Studios. Because yeah. when that ship came out, like no matter what size screen you watch it on, looks so cool where you get you that whole tracking shot where you're going around the building around kong and then around the blast from godzilla and you're hearing him yell and then you go past the dorsal yeah, fins that was mm -hmm. that was great mm -hmm. that was actually uh in an interview adam wingard said that was directly inspired by back to the future the ride which he does have a nod wow. to that at the very end I'm, I'm sorry dylan i'm going back and forth also at this point, it's it's okay. Um, <laughs> we're, that's totally fine. The structure is dead. <laughs> At the very end, because uh, the the character by Alexander Skarsgård keeps wearing a bunch of different vests, and he's wearing a, a callback to Marty's yeah. outfit from Back mm. to the Future. I was like, okay, that's a clear Back to the Future reference. Even the shirt is kind of like <laughs> the same pattern as Marty's. Real quick, going back to the introduction of Hollow Earth, Whenever he fights the the monster that attacked the one with the green blood, the warbats. that looked like his, yeah. Uh, whenever he slammed it down and then he dragged it and its head went through the rock, I was like, "Holy shit! That was that was <laughs> insane!" It's brutal. I loved it. That's why I wanted I wanted more of that. That's why I thought it would have been great if it was that handicap match. It was Kong and Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla in Hollow Earth. And you would have had like a whole Inception hallway scene with Joseph yeah. Gordon, <laughs> like gravity defying fight. Oh, why didn't they? They do gotta that? save some stuff for the future if there is a future. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if the um, the future was like they didn't really know what was gonna happen, might as well Dylan. do it here. That's true. Yeah. So, sorry, Emmanuel. Am I jumping? No, the gun you're here? okay. Sorry. <laughs> am I going too crazy with my little like what <laughs> if? Hey, hey, hey. Let's bring it back, Dylan. You're kind of you're kind of losing <laughs> control here, dude. We're we're all geeking out right now. I'm not even that huge of a fan of these characters. It's just like the past month, the past two months, getting to know these guys. First Godzilla and now Kong, and finally seeing all of it pay off, and and the way that it was done. It, it was like I said, it's exceptional. It's my, so good. My girlfriend was the same way. Same. They they loved it. My my girlfriend loved it. She 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 loved this movie i was gonna say because there's one part that we both agreed on and it was the uh scene after godzilla or was no right before godzilla blasts the hole down into the throne but it was the uh the owl bats that show up oh the mitch mcconnell's yeah <laughs> the, when the, <laughs> the mitch mcconnell's so so one of them drops down and they look amazing and there was one that turned and both of us were like that looks really freaking good <laughs> but it was creepy yeah it, it was after the rock got thrown at it and it turns and yeah. looks at at uh the characters and just i couldn't tell if it was cg or if it was practical but it looked great it was probably cg but i wish it were practical can we talk about the real star of the show the the little the little alligator friend little baby godzilla oh. looking motherfucker <laughs> E eating bugs, living his best life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, he yeah. looked happy. He, didn't, he looked like he smiled at the camera like with a full mouth. Like, I got it, guys. <laughs> like, welcome. Welcome to Hollow Earth. Hey, friend. <laughs> That's a postcard right there. Yeah, that is a postcard. I want that postcard. 
<laughs> oh, now I'm imagining like a Kuda Matata with like Timon and Pumbaa, but it's like Godzilla and Kong. <laughs> yeah. And that little like animals in the they back. They stop to beat the shit out of each other. Like, every... <laughs> we like to tussle every now and again. <laughs> we like Sometimes that friends fight, but in the end, they always make up. All right, so we discussed uh, love. Hollow Earth a little bit. You guys want to talk about Hong Kong already? Hong Kong. And the Hong Kong Kong? Yeah. Which, yeah, funny uh, for them to put Kong fight in Hong Kong. That that was <laughs> that was cute. This is probably my favorite fight aside from the other two, even over the triple, not triple threat, uh, handicap match at the end. I love this one, especially now that you bring up that Godzilla laughed when he finally got Godzilla. Because in my audience, when he finally got hit in the back and his back was kind of on fire for a bit, and the way Kong reacts to that, everybody in the audience was genuinely sad for Kong at that moment. Like, you could hear gasp yeah. in the audience, and I loved it. Same here. My favorite moment was when Godzilla was scratching up his chest. That was Ooh. brutal. And then, like, whenever... And you see the look on Kong's face. He's trying to get away. He's terrified. He's like, oh, shit, I am in trouble. Godzilla going absolutely feral is a part I wanted to talk about. Okay, so before we had the 1998 movie uh, with Matthew Broderick, right? There was supposed to be a movie in 1994. Uh, the the original concept. Was this the for, uh, Sam uh, Winston project one? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Okay, that is a holdover from that screenplay. <gasps> Ooh. Because it's the same writer. He came back for this movie. Oh, oh, wow. And he had this idea of Godzilla going absolutely feral, going on all fours, and just messing shit up. And it was so goddamn cool to see him finally get to use that in a movie. He saw his chance, and he took it. It was so good. For those who don't know, uh, the Sam Winston Company, those that uh, the company that did Jurassic Park and so many other great movies, they're like the gold standard for practical and special effects. Uh, they had their own, like, I, I call them Duck Godzilla. Anyone who's seen, like, what they would have used, for, like, their duck. version of Godzilla, he kind of looks like a duck because of his snout. But that would have been a great movie to watch back in the 90s. But anyways, but that's so cool. I didn't know that about the writer. Mm -hmm. That would have come out a year after Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terry, wow. his name is Terry uh, Rossio. Like yes. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah, going back to the Hong Kong fight, again, I just love Kong in this movie, how he uses his environment. He kind of uses his background um, knowledge of Skull Island, implements it here into the town. So the towers to him mm -hmm. are like rocks and trees where he could just climb. And when he's trying to avoid he, Godzilla's beam, oh, that was so And he grabs great. a saucer from the building. Yes, to like kind of like shield himself a little bit. Yeah, and the way that he like uh, swings from the rooftops is like kind of an homage to the original King Kong. Oh, yeah, there's a point where he's on top of a tower, yeah, and right before it collapses, and it's so subtle too. It's not like in your face. It's so well done. It's little subtleties that like you can easily miss it in every all the chaos that's going on, but they put that attention to detail amidst all the chaos, and it only improves it more. Which. There's a part in the movie where Kong does get the upper hand of Godzilla, and I think Alex Skarsgård, Alexander Skarsgård, he says, oh, mm -hmm. Kong, uh, round two goes to Kong, or something like that. And I was yeah. like, I don't think so, man, because this, 
he's getting up. He got one hit. He got one hit in. Yeah, and they. I was like, don't give it to him. Don't give him that round. And sure enough, that's where Godzilla well, goes ham. Yeah, as round three starts really fast. Like, as soon as all that smoke clears and everything, Godzilla's mm. up and it's like, okay, round three. But I hate it. And it's over yeah. as soon as it starts. Yeah, and, and I mean, to be fair, Kong did get him pretty good with throwing the yeah. um that crane at the building to throw him off. And I was like, oh, you doof. <laughs> what <are> you doing? <laughs> I, I love that where he was like hiding behind a, on top of a building with a crane. And he was like, he just chucked that at him. <laughs> at that... Godzilla's never had to deal with someone who uses stealth. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's real Godzilla's true. Godzilla's always been used to just facing enemies head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though we all kind of are going for Godzilla, we knew he was going to have a great matchup with Kong because yeah. he's so agile. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a monkey. He's a primate. I mean, he's flexible, like you said, stealth, and he has that intellect of utilizing his environment and weapons or making things out of weapons. Godzilla's no slouch when it comes to intellect either. Yeah. But Kong, and Kong definitely has the... Is definitely a, a thinking fighter, whereas Godzilla's used to powering his way to victory. Yeah. He's got thumbs for does toes. Does Godzilla have thumbs? Enough said. Enough yeah, said. I <laughs> both use oh. thumbs. Damn you. Yes, he has oh, thumbs. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but does he have thumbs well, I, uh, on his feet? Stand corrected. <laughs> no, but he has huge tree trunk legs. He's got those thunder thighs. <laughs> he looks skinnier thighs. in this one. Real quick, just about Godzilla's design. He looks a little slim. He slimmed up. He's been working out since King of the Monsters. Well, he swims all day. That's all he does. <laughs> he's still yeah, got belly, which is the most important part. Mm-hmm. He's, got, he's still got them thick thighs, though. This is my favorite Monsterverse design for Godzilla. I think the blue eyes are so cool. Yeah. Oh, when he's in the constant um, intimidation phase? Yeah. I, I really like how sinister they were able to take a design that was meant to be heroic. Yeah, I don't know if it was the lighting in that Hong Kong fight, but when Kong and Godzilla are staring down at each other and roaring, you can tell that Kong's like kind of scared in that moment. He's like, uh, "I'm gonna roar back." You can you can yeah. see it in his eyes. There was so much said right there without anything being said. Like the yeah, literally, it was just noise. That's all it was. It was solid noise. And still, you get characterization out of that. And is it me or like the from Hong Kong, that Hong Kong fight all the way to the end, all these matchups are like back to back to back. Right. Mm-hmm. It feels like that. Yeah. Because yeah. when you hit you hit when you hit the like the like hour 25 mark is when you're in Hong Kong and the fights happening. You only have like, like what, 30 minutes 20, left. Less oh, than. Less. Yeah. Less. Because it, it's. It's like an hour and 50, hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, it's very short. I, I'm surprised at the runtime. I thought it would be longer. Thank God it's short. I could have used more. I could have used a lot more of the fights. I'm good with what we got, but oh my God. If we saw more, I would not complain. Hour 53 yeah, minutes is what it says. But you know what? They put so much there in that hour and 53 minutes that when you are having those fights back to back to back to back, I wasn't exhausted like I was with Man of Steel. You know, because you, at least here, you could see everything. Yeah, I love that the Mechagodzilla fight happened during the day. Mm-hmm. And there was so much neon light in Hong Kong that it lit the the scene well. When you're comparing Man of Steel and this type of movie, in Man of Steel, you didn't expect to witness 9-11 again in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? 9-11 like, times 50. W- yeah, and but with Godzilla and Kong, you know that's going to happen. You know towers are going to get leveled, so you kind of prepare yourself. So I, I get that. And 
Yeah, the runtime feels very. The the pacing it, it doesn't slow down even when you go with the as human characters. As soon as that first fight happens, the it, the movie just goes. I think the first yeah. like twenty minutes is just like okay, we're we're getting started. Chugga 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 chugga. But then like at the end, choo choo <laughs> man. Yeah yeah, full speed ahead. Yes. Here's the best time to kind of like the movie does go straight into our final battle. We finally we can come back to Mega Godzilla. <laughs> Mega Godzilla. So yeah, how did everyone? I know Jackson, you're a fan of the design, but I I don't know if I heard the other two, uh, Manuel and Jalen. How did you guys feel about Mega Godzilla as a design and as a whole? When I saw the toy, um, mm. they weren't supposed to have it out yet, and I was about to buy it, and they took it from me. Uh, but our, no! but th- this was like back in like late December or January, one of the two. Oh wow! And, wow! Uh, but they've had them for a while. But I remember seeing it and thinking that it looked okay. Like I was like, this looks okay. I I'm not a fan of the arms or or mm-hmm. the or the face. And then I started to see some of the leaked promotionals coming out, and I'm like, I don't know. Never mind. I kind of like this a little bit more. And then seeing it in in actual action and how it looked on screen, I I dig it. This is probably this is probably my favorite design of Mechagodzilla, just ahead of the Ready Player One Godzilla. Because I I like what they did in terms. That's of, a fantastic yeah. design. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like they 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 kind of got that design and then looked at the previous ones to find what is going to be the happy medium of meshing it all together. And what would actually make sense if you're going to build a monster that has to take on not just Godzilla, that you have a monster that can do multiple moves from the shoulders, from the head, that can blast, that has arms that are long enough to keep a monster pinned down so you can stab it. I felt like every little detail about this Mecha Godzilla, like there was a purpose to its individual body parts, which I thought Mm -hmm. was very cool. And, and it feels very modern, like yeah. the way it, like the lights and just from structurally, it looks very modern. It's simplistic. It gets the job done. You don't need mm-hmm. like super articulate fingers. You have the three hands and it's just it all claws. it needs to do is grab. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it gets the job done. Yeah. I mean, like he straight up grabbed Godzilla and like his complete hand was around Godzilla's throat and just yeah. drags him and throws him into different buildings. And, and the, the thing on the tail that like oh my god that was cool that was a nice touch the dragon zord tail yeah yeah i love how they turn hong kong into like a bar fight because <laughs> <laughs> like mega godzilla dragging godzilla like in my head i thought of like tables and chairs in a bar fight yeah this whole entire movie godzilla is literally king compared to kong like he is dominating every fight kong gets the best of them sometimes but majority of the time it's godzilla but when it comes to mega godzilla you see Godzilla as a chump at that point. Like yeah. he's throwing mm-hmm. him like he's a rag exhausted. doll. That yeah, he's ex- he just like he threw everything at Kong like, and he he thought that was it. So he didn't think that there was gonna have to be another threat. I don't even necessarily think that Godzilla threw everything he had at Kong. It's just I think maybe it was a thing of he wasn't expecting Kong to put up that good of a fight. Yeah, and then yeah. he had to go feral and take him down because like i feel like that scream off that uh godzilla and kong had at the end was godzilla telling telling him dude stay down yeah this is your out i'm giving you a chance 
Don't make me kill Yeah, you. because his whole mission is to get to... Because he's here. Like, you can hear the orca sound going off through the eyes. The Like, the almost mm-hmm. every time that Mechagodzilla's coming up. And you have a pissed-off Godzilla who knows what that sound is, who also is probably recognizing as, how is Ghidorah still alive? I literally just took care of you. How are you still alive? And he's just... brought him back. Yes, and that's why he's just blowing up everything. Because he's like, I am going... I'm not going to stop till he's dead. Because he almost killed mm-hmm. everything. So it's like the like which is the lesser of the evils, you know? Like if it's gonna cost all these lives, then so be it. But I'm gonna kill this thing and I need you to stay out of my way. And mm-hmm. and anytime that Kong was doing something that aggravated him, like finding the, the dorsal fins that were starting to activate because they were starting to match up conveniently. Um I have a question you know, about that. Yeah. So Godzilla goes to Hong Kong and he just randomly to me at least uh maybe you guys can answer this for me but he starts randomly burning a hole through the earth to reveal the portal or a gateway to hollow earth why did he do that because i thought he was going to hong kong because that's where the final mega godzilla robot was going to be but he just does the whole gateway thing it was timed with the uh as soon as like it it was kind of like intercut as soon as Kong places the, the dorsal fin axe on the thing and everything lights up, Hollow Earth lights up, that's when Ghidorah, uh, that's when Kevin's skull uh, starts being activated. That's what they needed. That was the juice that made everything work. And so not only did Ghidorah feel it, but Godzilla felt that too. And he's like, you see him look around. He's like, wait, I thought he was over here. What What's going on? And he just gets fed up. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm getting to the bottom of this. Literally, and he burns a hole through the middle of the earth. And yeah. coincidentally, it's right where Kong is and everything. Oh, okay. That was lucky. But, uh, yeah, there, it, it was all like, Godzilla was just like, what the fuck's going on? I, there's two, There's so many things going on. That's the loose part of the tight script that I was talking about. Like, where there's things that are mm-hmm. real tight, the loose parts are like this. Where it's like, you can't really explain that too much. Yeah, but but like the movie gives you just enough to like, I guess it could be this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you're, you're right, Jackson, like as soon as that little like spider drone thing goes and starts messing with it, it starts sending the signal and everything's connecting, which that part didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm yeah. going to guess they were like... We're going to download the energy. We're going to download the <laughs> yeah, energy like, that, a, that was... like a type of 3D print energy. energy. <laughs> Movies don't understand what the fucking energy signature is. <laughs> Anytime I hear that in a movie from here on out, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what the fuck is an energy signature? But you know what? I'd rather them just do that than dedicate like 20 minutes to explain exactly yeah. what is going on to me. I, I will t- I will absolutely take I used that. the shortcut. <laughs> I could have used it. <laughs> I, I could have spared the movie 20 minutes. <laughs> I think if it was something like, uh, let's say there was a part of Mechagodzilla in the ship... And they, in order to make it go by faster, like, they needed to just be there. And it started going off, and you heard the orca, and Godzilla was like, whoa, that's underneath me now. And then just blasted. I think that would probably solve it, but, I mean, we still got the fight that we wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and so, yeah, so now we have Mechagodzilla's awakened. He's freaking havoc, and then he sets his eyes on Godzilla, so they go fight, and we all know how that goes. But going back to Kong, they they have to defibrillate him. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was he, pretty cool. He's dying. He almost died. Godzilla nearly killed him. 
Yeah. In his mercy, he nearly killed him. <laughs> yeah. And he, like, dislocated his shoulder, too. Yeah. Oh, I so didn't understand brutal. what was wrong with his arm. I thought he just had, like, a little boo-boo or something. <laughs> but then he slams it against the building. I'm like, oh, shit. Two of the most metal things of this entire movie. No pun intended for Mechagodzilla, but when he grabs a <laughs> skull crawler, so that way you understand how strong this guy is, that he's yeah. taken on a full-grown skull, skull crawler that has killed Kongs, splits him down the middle. Yeah. Thought that was metal. The second thing yeah. that I thought was pretty metal was a Kong snapping his shoulder back into place and being like, all right, I'm going to get Up back in this. A skyscraper. <laughs> the crowd erupted at that. Major props to the, the actor who provides the motion capture for Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Im- imbuing Kong with the physicality of both, of both uh, Bruce Willis <laughs> from Die Hard and uh, Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Into into this tired tavern brawler. Yeah, <laughs> Jalen, did you give your thoughts on Mega Godzilla? Because I haven't, and I I I don't know if I'm the only one that isn't a fan of the design. I I, I can go either way on the design okay. depending on the day. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. It's not my favorite Mega Godzilla design because you know what it really needs. It needs his initials on his uh, on his arm. I could have used more uh, branding. On Godzilla, on Mecha Godzilla, but no, I I think it's cool in the sense of it's kind of a practical way to build Mecha Godzilla. He doesn't need kaiju human hands. The best thing if you're cutting if you're cutting corners on the budget, building a giant robot is you give him these big middle grabby claws. <laughs> yeah, my only problem with it, I get the design, especially if you're basing it off of this version of Godzilla. The only thing for me is I think of Pacific Rim where those those big old mechas, they have weight to them. And I think that's what I wanted from this Mecha Godzilla, a little bit more weight, a little bit more practical. Because I, well, I don't think it's practical enough. It wasn't enough. as bad as Pacific Rim Uprising. Here's my thing. I, I'm not a big fan of either movies. I think the first one kind of goes... Well, I'm not going to get into it. But I do love the mechs and I love how... You could feel their weight. It's the realest thing that we can see yeah. come from a mech. And I kind of wanted that here in this movie. I don't know. That's just me. I thought it was a little too Transformer, Michael Bay uh, version of a Mecha Godzilla. I-, I wasn't a big fan of it. I see that. And I can go either way. But the pure childlike glee I had of... I, I have Mecha Godzilla in a big budget Hollywood movie fighting a tag team of Godzilla and Kong. It's like, if he told if he told little Jalen mm-hmm. that this was going to happen, he probably would have told you in a nice way to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jalen, I just saw the tweet you sent me. That's a big smile. I don't know how I, I missed that. I missed it too, actually, originally. And I rewatched it on HBO Max to confirm it does happen. Yeah, that's a big old smile. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think the reason why I missed it was because everyone was busy going, ooh. Yeah, that's what it was. Kong got tagged. I, mean, I got he, caught up in all that. There, mm-hmm. there are a couple of times they both have a bit of a stare down. And like the first time that Godzilla makes a face at him, it's kind of just like a wince. Like just, nah, man, you stay right there. <laughs> Which is when they're on the boat and Kong's upside down. And Kong <laughs> kind of like makes a little like growly face at him. But he's just so like mm-hmm. so beat that he just cannot do anything. So that was the first time. Yeah, that was the first time I noticed that. But it caught me off guard in a good way to see him like legit smile and chuckle 
at finally mm-hmm. getting him with the the atomic breath. And I can get that smile too because that entire Hong Kong fight, Kong's giving him a hard time. Like he's he's a squirmy little. Bastard. He stabs him in the leg. Yeah. He so is. finally, it's that natural relief of like, yeah. oh, finally I got you. Yeah. Like I know I can beat you. It's right now you're like a spider monkey. <laughs> you won't stay still. Yeah, he was maneuvering. He was being an acrobat, doing what monkeys do best. Look at the age difference between the two characters, too. Yeah, Kong pretty big. is practically an infant compared yeah. to Godzilla, who is old, prehistoric. Yeah. In that opening title crawl, they put Godzilla's age and lifespan as unknown. <laughs> <laughs> so it's almost like, Haha, still got it. What, what I thought was pretty interesting was now that like especially like concluding the fight realizing that kong's home is like his original home the the throne is gone oh and godzilla's throne is gone too both their thrones are gone yeah and both kings without a throne both kings without a throne and it i don't know if it's i have to watch it again but i don't know if there's like the implication of just the monsters are in hiding or they've actually all been killed whether fighting each other or Godzilla's kill them over time, because they were all non-existent. Like, you didn't see them, and the only time you really did see them was when they were showing the bracket at the start of the movie, where it was like, defeated, 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 defeated. Mm-hmm. It's unclear as to whether defeated means dead yeah. or beaten into submission. Exactly. Um, and and that's, that's really, that yeah. was my biggest question out of all of it, but I'm very curious to to know and see where this is going to go in terms of these two characters following this fight with uh, Mechagodzilla. Like, are more people going to want to go after Godzilla for killing so many people? Are they going to kill him? Are they going to want to go look for Kong and protest? Because he was also responsible for killing people, whether he meant to or not. Hong Kong was Why are we spending our taxpayer dollars on funding (sighs) this monarch organization? Oh, yeah. I love how the media just does a whole 180 on Godzilla. Godzilla no longer savior <laughs> like they yeah. just they distanced themselves away from Godzilla making him an enemy I was like what cancel culture has gone too far also pretty cool that I I will say <laughs> I will say I did like that other characters are aware of other monsters from the other franchise so Billy Bobby Brown being aware of the skull crawlers is what I thought was pretty cool but also makes sense because her dad is in charge of monarch and then mm-hmm. of course I did like just in hindsight, I like that you have three characters who have no more people. So Kong has no more people. Godzilla has no more people. And the little girl has no more people. Mm-hmm. So Gia. so if there were to be another one with these characters, I'd, I would for sure want to see all of those come back. I would actually like to see a Mecha Godzilla come back too. Because we haven't got to see a Mecha Godzilla now as a good guy. Just a bad guy now. Oh, because that's because the that be, because the the purpose that the Sarazawa character the son wanted it for was you know I want to kill Godzilla and whether they wanted to be direct or not with it in hindsight or not like you could you could have had that character really have this be a his whole thing could have been the revenge plot to kill Godzilla mm-hmm. but yeah daddy paid attention to the lizard more than me yeah and now I'm gonna kill it uh, but it seemed like they for as maniacal financial tycoons as they were um it seemed like they did want to have this generally just to kill any titans like if we have this we don't have to worry about having monsters and worrying if they're gonna kill us or not we can go do it ourselves yeah so i would be surprised if we get more mechs in the future 
or funny enough like a like a crossover with pacific rim or a crossover with pacific a, rim and then that would magira yeah a, a, a magira would be pretty cool uh yeah. to have in there, there there's all, Jaguar. all kinds of different things you could go with it but i i think that when it comes to those kind of fights you run the risk of like what dylan was saying how if it's not the designs but how they shoot it it could be too much like transformers and you mm-hmm. and you want to keep the weight that you felt like throughout the film because it did feel kind of floaty and I think part of that is just because of how like it's shot. It's shot further back for the most part whenever Kong, Godzilla, and Mechagodzilla are fighting. And I think part of that's because you have three giant beasts on there. And they do a lot of very creative things with the camera work when they're getting hit, which I thought was cool. Like you get almost like they have a GoPro attached to them. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And falling over or getting thrown to buildings. And that was really cool. And I feel like part of the reason why it felt like that was just because of how it was shot in terms of like losing that weight dylan but if we're gonna have like more mechs in the future i i think that they should try to have it be like one-on-ones one-on-one type of deals so that yeah. way you can get the weight of those machines because i think the closest that you probably had to weight of the machines would be the one-on-one between kong or no the one-on-one between godzilla and frank and kevin at the bit the, <laughs> i'm gonna call him frank and kevin but <laughs> But uh, between between those two at the start of their fight, and then when Mechagodzilla first came out and killed the Skullcrawler. Yeah, even though I got the Michael Bay Transformer vibes, mm-hmm. when the fighting did start, I didn't get that same uh, nauseous feeling that you normally get it wasn't with Michael Bay. Were near as bad. Yeah, yeah, like you weren't. You knew what was going on. Yeah, you could see everything. Mm-hmm. That it was in the day and looked that good. I was very surprised yes. because Mechagodzilla, he could easily blend in with his environment he could look like mm-hmm. a tower but for the most part i i thought it looked fine i i really enjoyed the the fight especially when kong comes into the picture too i thought it was great oh my oh god my god oh. that, I, people's champ the audience cheer the loudest i've ever heard the audience cheer was when the tag team happened prior to this i, I was like okay godzilla versus kong i've already seen that in, in the original, and I didn't, re- I wasn't really too excited for the fight itself, which is weird to me. But I was way more excited for the idea of them teaming up than I yeah. was at the idea of them fighting. And I was me, me and my girlfriend Brittany were just grinning ear to ear when Kong came in with the assist, and Godzilla grabs the arm, and like Kong knows what to do, and he goes for the other arm, and they. And they like wrestling move him through the building. It's so when good. he shoots his atomic breath at the axe, which is a <clears throat> callback to the first fight when he blocks it. Yeah. Like, and he, oh my god, <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, and just butchers. Oh my. my. For me, the the two favorite highlights of that for me, in no particular order, were when they're tag teaming on. Mechagodzilla and Mechagodzilla shoots the shoulder missiles at Godzilla to get him yes. off. It just kind of reminded me of uh, Frieza and Goku fighting Jiren, but that he like <laughs> grabs, they like one arm grabs King Kong and then just like grabs him with the other arm and shoves him on the ground and then just stomps on him with the jet. But the other one that I like was the the beam struggle between Godzilla oh. and Mechagodzilla and then yeah. he finally yeah. gets burned. I was like, oh, damn. He's like, oh, that's what that feels like. Oh, God. <laughs> My boy's down. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really cool how Mechagodzilla, for, uh, Kong for Mechagodzilla was almost a non-factor. Because Mechagodzilla was just so zeroed in on Godzilla himself. 
mm-hmm. that anytime Kong kind of like came in, Mechagodzilla would just like toss him aside and then go back to what he was focused on. Because it's it's Frank and Kevin. I'm telling you, yeah. it's yeah, Frank and, and that, Kevin. Yeah, that's where I keep going back to. I was just about to say that. Like anything that Mechagodzilla does, you have that added layer of this is uh, Frank and Kevin, and it just gives it that much more like. It, it, there's that much more thought into it. Mm-hmm. it, and it just makes the fight so much better. Can we just point out that being inside Ghidorah's skull is like the ultimate gamer setup? Right? Yeah. <laughs> that thing looked cool. Yeah. Full, full RGB. I, I, I dug the purple in there. Yeah, like the neon's mm-hmm. going, he's got a headset mm-hmm. going, like inside the skull. I thought that was epic. I mean... So, Dylan, I have a question for you. Uh-oh, I'm not good at test. Go ahead. <laughs> Don't worry, my teacher mode is off. Okay. But <laughs> should we really give this win to Kong and Godzilla beating Mechagodzilla, or should we give it to Josh dumping jump, dumping the whiskey to stall? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was funny. I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't but either. again, at that point, I feel like the writers are yeah, the writers are kind of like, well, they made it this far, and we're already at the climax. And if they don't serve a purpose, people are going to complain even more that these characters were useless. See, I didn't want any human interaction. I didn't want the humans to intervene at all with the fight. I wanted the fight to be won by Godzilla and Kong by themselves. Yeah. And as soon as he poured the thing on it, I'm like, oh my god, is that really going to be it? But no, it just stalls. And I thought that was fine i was okay with i kind of wanted even though it's a handicap match i did want godzilla and kong to go over clean so (laughs) uh and wrestling terminology that means you win fair and square you don't have to have any outside interference in a match yes so yeah i would have wanted kong and godzilla to go over clean against mecha godzilla i I like the characters don't get me wrong I i like the little trio we had but dumping the the whiskey over the computer I was like, ah, okay, well, yeah, it we might as well. Yeah, it was one of those writers' things of like, I need something mm-hmm. to happen here. I'm gonna throw this in. They got written into a corner, and they're like, well, uh, let's do this. I, I think they could have easily like, because I mean, we were hearing the whole sound of that machine from the last one. I, I think they could, the we could, we could hear the orca in the skull. So they were in the skull and like turned it on, and Godzilla and all the other and Kong both looked. That could have been like, okay, humans did that at least. They blow it up, and then you could be like a thing with Mechagodzilla trying to keep him from messing with that because he needs it. Or they could have easily just unplugged it because there were latches on those giant glowing tubes. On the <laughs> just unplug it. Mm-hmm. Just unplug it. <laughs> yeah. Just go unplug hey, it. A switch. <laughs> They're like, let's 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 hack this thing with HTML summer camp lessons, or <laughs> let's go unplug it. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I would have been fine with them destroying the the skull, like you said. I, I thought yeah. it would have been even cool if they were the ones that set off the whole going uh because Mega Godzilla is being controlled by that guy in mm-hmm. the Sarazawa. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it would have been cool if you know you pour the whiskey over the on uh, him the game <laughs> on him uh, the whole gamer uh, computer and that's what sets off Mega Godzilla functioning independently. So I thought that would have been cool. So instead of them being the heroes, they kind of like made things even worse. Oh, like it's oh yeah, because then you would have had Sarazawa's character survive. Yeah, you could have still dist- like you could have kept a character that 
is technically mm-hmm. important because that's Serizawa's son. Yeah, at that you, point, it's yeah. not really destroying Mechagodzilla. It's more destroying the, the technology, soul, the yeah. soul of Ghidorah inside Mechagodzilla at that point. Yeah. So then you can, even though Mechagodzilla's destroyed, uh, you could still either rebuild him or make him uh, update his armor or whatever, but still yeah. have the pilot survive. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I thought that would have been cool for them to do. Thinking about it now, I just came up with that. That's pretty good. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla 2, in a way, where uh, it, it's all about man intervene, intervening with nature. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I would have preferred if Kong and Godzilla solved the problem on their own. And granted, I, I do like the fact that it, was, it wasn't necessarily humans that saved the day. It was all they really did was just make them stall. For a second, yeah. which gave... they bought them like ten seconds. It, it wasn't much, yeah. even then. Yeah. But they bought him just enough time for them to like, okay, let me let me think for just a fraction of a second what to do, and that's what it was. Uh, speaking of man versus nature, with the, all the pseudoscience and like weird sci-fi logic that they have going on in this movie, Biolante in the future. Mm. maybe like in the hole that Godzilla created with his atomic breath it goes through all that dirt and everything and then you have a hollow earth like you have something there you could make Biolante happen some somewhere in there you can write yourself something I still want them to introduce Destroya at some point if it if it keeps going just so that way I can feel like the oxygen destroyer had more of a purpose than it did yeah i mean well if you remember with destroyer it took a long time for it to manifest itself in the ocean right that's true so and and enough time has started to go by since Ghidorah was last in there that it wouldn't surprise me if like in another movie or two we pretty much mm-hmm. get like a remake of uh godzilla destroy all monsters yeah <laughs> but but in destroy all monsters instead of Ghidorah being the big bad you have destroyer being the big bad yeah and, and we can have the, the tag team of Godzilla, Rodan, Mothra, and Kong, and Gamera? No. That's too, that's too much of an ass. <laughs> I was actually expecting, I don't know why, but I thought, like, okay, they revealed Mecha Godzilla in the trailers and some of the toys and marketing. So are we going to get, like, a surprise kaiju in there? And I really thought we were going to get, like, I honestly, I was hoping for Mothra to come back. Yeah, that would have been great. There was a cut scene. Uh, was there? Yeah, where the the lady from King of the Monsters uh, came out because she was cast in this movie. The the Mothra woman from King of the Monsters. She was cast in this movie, and she was supposed to come out, but that that scene ended up on the chopping room floor. I've been reading that there was a deleted post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, there was. I think that is a good that's a good move on their part. I feel because mm-hmm. you don't. Like they, I mean, you really can't predict what's going to happen with the COVID situation in terms of how it's going to impact entertainment. Right now, it really feels like Godzilla versus Kong is the the one shining glimmer of hope that cinema can return to where it usually has been. And I don't think anybody expected for this to be the movie because everyone no. was banking on Tenet and then yeah. Black Widow. I don't think Hollywood itself was thinking that like oh it's Godzilla versus Kong these movies haven't Godzilla been good Godzilla and Kong are the saviors right of the and yeah. and that would that Martin Scorsese says <laughs> it here but but it does but it doesn't surprise me because I'm I mean like it's such like this is such a staple cinema film that you would see something this big in a movie theater 
Um, and it goes back to what I was saying, that it's a loosely tight script. It's got a lot to entertain you. It's giving you a reason to go to the movie theater between music, the spectacle of it all. It's a showdown, and people want to see something massive that they cannot appreciate as much at home. And movies like Tenant, which are are great for film fanatics, but not everybody's going to be jumping on board for that. D- those just aren't the films that would bring people out. But this one, it doesn't surprise me that it's the one that's already doing that. And I feel that with them taking out that post credit, that's them being very reserved. And hey, the realistic nature of all this is we don't know how much money we're going to make. So hopefully at mm-hmm. the end of all this, they can look back at it and think, okay, we can start considering to continue it. We can start considering to renew licenses and keep these monsters and continue with this monsterverse. Because if I'm not mistaken, when they had decided that they were going to uh, not renew the license, this was going 2019 to 2020, right? Yeah, it was It was coming off of the disappointment of King of the Monsters at the box office. Yeah. But to have Godzilla vs. Kong ignite the box office and save theaters... <laughs> It, I think it, that should hopefully tell Toho, hey, there's interest in this. Does anyone know what the deleted scene was going to be? It was Kong uh, swinging through the hollow earth. They just moved it to the end of the, the movie. movie. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, I think Emmanuel, I don't know who came up with this, but you guys had a so much better ending. King Kong raising an infant Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Who had pitched uh, that? That was great. Oh, when we talked about that last time, right? Yeah, we talked or... about it on yeah. the Godzilla episode. I don't know. I prefer this because at least Godzilla's still alive. You, and I would not have cried. You could still, you could still <laughs> have that be an ending for a, a Destroy All Monsters movie. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that would be a very interesting thing where maybe Godzilla dies halfway through a movie like that and you're stuck with a younger Godzilla that Kong is having to take care of regardless because now at this point they have history. And then I think both creatures can acknowledge like, hey, our kinds, we're the last of our kinds right now. And I think Kong could look at that and think that's the last of his kind. Hmm. I'm of mixed opinion on that because I really think in every iteration of Godzilla and every iteration that Minia or Junior has come out, Minia and Junior have been what kind of humanized Godzilla, Mm -hmm. what kind of made us be able to relate to Godzilla. And so I would hate to take that away from Godzilla and give it to a kaiju who already has one over the hearts of the audience. Yeah. But maybe if there's like a middle ground where maybe Godzilla starts off raising it, then by the end of the movie, Godzilla's done for. He gets killed by Destroya at the end of Destroya All Monsters. And hey. The, the next uh, next Godz- next Kong movie is Son of Kong, but it's <laughs> it's a little baby Godzilla. Oh. With his new daddy, <laughs> that's that would be a great poster. Son of Kong, and it's King Kong and Little Junior. Yeah, just gonna go back to the, I guess the ending of the movie where Godzilla and Kong kind of like give each other that mutual respect. Like, all right, you go your way, I'll go my way. Oh, they should have done the predator handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping they would do a nice firm handshake. I really wanted that, or like a fist bump, uh, something. I... What what I really yeah. wanted or was when butt. Kong sat down after destroying Mechagodzilla, oh. where, where Kong's like, oh, I'm so tired, and he sits down. I wanted Godzilla to sit down next to him. Oh. <laughs> that would have been great. Then they look at each other and just like, 
man <laughs> share beer and that would yeah. that would have been a nice callback to the first godzilla 2014 where like he's just so mm. exhausted because he's never had a fight like that in a long time and just falls asleep for a while it would have been a nice callback for both of them to fall asleep just next to each other and then wake up uh, and then be yeah. like are we gonna do this or are we gonna end this <laughs> i i love that how we're yeah like kong is like done he's like leaning up against a, a a building and then he has this axe next to him godzilla gets up and kong's like like are we gonna fight again like are we gonna do this again like i don't want to do it but i'm ready if you want to go and godzilla's like uh eh, we're good we're fine i like it how uh kong doesn't kong doesn't bow to him i think it would be out of character for kong to bow to him because mm-hmm. yeah. the whole idea behind godzilla versus kong is the same the the appeal is the same thing as like the hulk versus the thing you know the thing's not going to win that fight. Yeah. But you're just endeared by the fact that he's not going to give up and admit that the Hulk is stronger than him. Yeah. And so Kong's form of bowing, quote unquote, is throwing the axe down and be like, we're yes. done. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. No more. And then like kind of how Godzilla turns his back. And I, I like that shot of it's uh, Godzilla in the forefront. And you see kong in the back i miss my wife kong (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he he's old he's an old old ape now i love yeah it it was it was a great experience i loved it all and i might catch it here on hbo max in my living room oh i took my girlfriend to watch it too and she was scared most of the time anytime godzilla was on the screen uh she was uh eyes closed she couldn't handle it i don't blame her yeah she's not a fan of like ocean like creatures Ooh, yeah. So yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, my mom, my mom hates tsunamis. Oh, so you can you can probably tell what her favorite scene in 2014 is. Yeah, oh yeah, and don't show her uh, the impossible now, or is it the impossible? <laughs> yeah, don't show her that. <laughs> That's such All a right. sad movie. Hashtag continue the monsterverse. All right, so let's wrap it up here. Closing thoughts before we have a nice send off to March of the Monsters and Godzilla and Kong. Absolutely garbage human characters, but that doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's Godzilla and Kong going at it, and there's Mecha Godzilla at the end, and it's, like I said, phenomenal, fantastic, it's magnificent, yada yada. It's great. Go watch it. I think garbage human characters is a bit of, a bit much, considering we had Gia, and I did enjoy the, the Goonies squad. I thought Brian Tyree Henry's character was too much. Every little quip he did, I was like, dude, please, come on. I liked the tap water one. The tap water one was funny. I was, they got me with that one. But everything else, like, he had, a com- he had a funny comeback for everything. Well, he's a podcaster. Of course they're like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he is like, he's kooky. He's a conspiracy theory guy. I, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, it was... It was too much for me. So you hate podcasters, um, huh? Uh, <laughs> had to drag me kicking and screaming on here. <laughs> this is a staple B movie. Um, and this is how yeah. B movies should be made in the modern day. This is also if uh, a good movie to watch if you haven't been to the movie theaters and you're able to safely do it. I would highly recommend it. If you are a kaiju fan or you're wanting to watch a big movie that isn't a movie that was released several years ago, and you're wanting something that you can not necessarily turn off your brain, but just sit down and enjoy a ride uh, at home, 
Godzilla versus Kong is the movie for you, for your kids, for your significant other. It's a movie for everybody, and I really feel like this is going to be one that in 10, 15 years, we're going to look back at and think that was a fun movie to watch considering what was going on in the world. There's history with these two characters, and there's going to be a lot of history with this one movie. Considering that it it had been pushed back so much that it came out, I feel like it's come out at the right time, and there's been enough time between this and the last one, so I'm I'm glad we got to experience it. Yeah, this is the perfect movie for the situation that we're in right now. It's couldn't you could not have made a better movie for this. Lightning in a bottle, I think. Yeah, I thought it was a great cap off to the month. You know, we've been talking about and watching these Godzilla movies and King Kong movies, and I thought it it was very satisfying to me watching in theaters and it was a great send-off too if this is the last time we get to see Kong and Godzilla together on screen, I would be totally happy. I have no complaints when it comes to that. You can judge the movie based off like characters and the way they're written, the human characters at least. But I really enjoyed you the movie. Could. <laughs> and of course, yeah, I'm going to recommend it to anybody who's especially a fan of these characters for so long. Uh, Kong and Godzilla, they both have such a huge, huge history when it comes to not only cinema, but, but culture. And it's great to see that both of these characters have came on screen together to make history again by Mm -hmm. saving, essentially, the movie-going experience uh, Mm -hmm. during this pandemic. So it's really poetic when you think about it like that, too. Because the very first Kong movie came out in 1933. It saved the entire country from the Great Mm -hmm. Depression. And not only that, but the original Gojira movie... It was the culmination of the war that happened, and it translated that into art. And I thought that's it's beautiful when you think about those two characters, and it's beautiful to think about it again when the entire world is in a pandemic to see them come to screen and... Looking for an escape. Yeah, bring us entertainment. Bring us hope. To go even a step farther, it's nice that... The original King Kong versus Godzilla rejuvenated the Godzilla franchise and saved that franchise to turn it into what it is today. And it's nice to see that legacy just live on with these two characters and to be even perhaps even bigger than when it was what it was before. Yeah. The spirit of the drive in movie lives on. Amen. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us here. I want to know anyone else that's listening out there if you've seen the movie and. Let us know what you think at our social medias, at Cinema Show Live. Or maybe you just want to shout out either way. You're all part of the panel as much as we are. Jackson, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jackson underscore DML. And I want to thank our special guests for coming on. Thank you so much for getting both of you on again. It's great that you kickstarted the March Madness with Godzilla. And you're here to cap it off. So, Emmanuel, where can we find you? You can find me on YouTube um emmanuel talks i post videos about games movies and all that jazz right now taking a little break got school to worry about but it'll be back hey that pokemon video was great by the way thank you very much yes it was yeah and jalen i know you don't want to be seen you like to don't find me you like to be swimming in the depths (laughs) of the sea like godzilla himself yeah i'll come up but Every now and then, I'll, I'll find you. If there's a reason, <laughs> you're going to come up and wreak hell. But for now, ju- I, just leave me alone. But are there any projects you want to maybe plug that you're a part yeah, of? Yeah, uh, last time I plugged uh, Godzilla Unmade, the 
three-part audio drama series that adapts old unmade Godzilla movies. Uh, now I'm going to plug Crime Scene Arcanum, a uh, audio drama that uh, is serialized. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's basically CSI Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, nice. Yeah. All right, and quick shout out to our composer Dario. You could follow him on Twitter at Dorito is the name. Hey, Emmanuel. Yeah. Jalen, what's your favorite Dorito flavor? The flaming oh, hot Doritos. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy. Okay. Yeah, I just had sweet spicy nacho last night. Uh, my first time ever trying that flavor, and I gotta say, it's it's up there. That's pretty darn good. That's a good flavor. Oh, so you're coming back to the nacho cheese side, okay? Well, hey, <laughs> Cool Ranch is still up there. I had Cool Ranch earlier in the day, and that did not uh, miss. So that's the bout I want to see. Forget Godzilla versus Kong. I want to see Cool Ranch versus nacho cheese. It's funny that my favorite Dorito is the one I've had most recently. Cause I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll eat a nacho cheese Dorito, and I'll be like this. I'll eat a, a cool ranch Dorito and I'll be like, this bangs. <laughs> so which I'll is your a, favorite? <laughs> you know what? Jalen seems like the madman to crush both and put him in a bag and just eat them oh, as a mix. Yeah, no, but my favorite, I have an actual favorite. It's the same as Emmanuel's, but with a twist of lime. That's pretty Ooh. good. I know what mm. you're talking about. Nice. All right. And you can follow me on my personal twitter at dylanmm5 this is the cinema show remember all films are subjective and it's all about perspective have a great day and a better tomorrow